Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kat. Welcome to Millennials Unscripted. We're two millennials and we'll be coming to you every Wednesday unfiltered, unscripted, and unapologetic as we provide our perspectives on relationships, work, and life. If you're looking for advice or just to chat with your friend that tells it like it is, you've come to the right place. Hey y'all. Y'all. Do you think I can fold that off? Hey y'all. <laughs> Do they uh, have accents in Arizona? I mean, I'm gonna pick up it, the twang. I think it depends on where that person's from. Like Phoenix is there then? No, I don't think so. That's very metropolitan. That makes sense. And I feel like it's like California. Yeah. Like if anything, it's like, hey dude. So last week we mainly talked about work-life balance and we think it's a not really like a good segue but like we have told you guys before we like to kind of do like a light-hearted fun topic and then go into like something deep that we've been wanting to talk about this was cat's choice this was Insert, not my so choice <laughs> insert it um so we know like a lot of people especially down here i honestly I don't know anyone whose parents are still together that are, like, their birth mom and dad. I'm trying to think. I know one. Yeah. It's just so low, and I think um, we've all been through our own kind of, like, childhood trauma, and it may look differently to every person, and it's important to talk about, you know, like, our childhood, where we come from, Kat and I both have had traumatic experiences from like when we grew up but they're completely different experiences and not alike in any way um maybe in like a few ways but not really and um it's important to like share those experiences with other people and talk through whatever like you went through and because i think when you go through things in your childhood if you don't face it and you don't deal with it it just like comes through in your adulthood and the issues just never get solved so that's why therapy is a great thing and if you can't afford therapy this is why we have this podcast for your therapist (laughs) (laughs) yes i think in a sense exactly like you were saying everybody's journey is their own and it's unique but you know there are the common issues like abandonment or you know don't feel valued or you know I know for me something that I've worked on in the past is not having a voice like feeling like I couldn't voice um which exactly like you're we're saying it carries over especially in my relationships that's why it's really hard I always felt kind of dismissed growing up and then I was like if there was something that I wanted to talk about with my significant other, I would just be mute. Um, which I know, like, Richard struggled with. Like, these are the things that people, it's not that uncommon, but I think everybody learns it from their childhood in different ways. Um, you know, I want to start out first by saying, like, there are a lot of good things that Um, I learned from my parents, you know, examples, just like they really encouraged me to read and I love reading, um, little things like that. But 
I think it's also important to like not air your dirty laundry, but to yeah. actually acknowledge that there are some fucked up things that happened in your childhood. Um, and so today I just wanted to talk about, um, not like the little things cause they were like traumatic events, but my, and it's not going to be like, uh, here's what happened in my childhood. No. Like, let me walk you through ages. <laughs> it's more of like, as Kat and I re- both reflect on our childhood, we see like lessons rather than, oh, these were traumatic experiences. Right. What did we learn like, from them? We learned so much from them and we kind of wanted to like share in our experiences what we learned so like we know how we're going to act differently in our future as we like become wives and parents and whatnot. I think money management, I'm going to have to, like, really be cognizant of coming. I just think it's important for women to, you know, have their own sense of financial security. Now, again, this is my own opinion, um, but I don't think I will ever be fully financially dependent on someone. I just want to make sure I even have, like, a little nest egg of savings of my own. doesn't mean that, like you don't take money like if they're the like breadwinner of the family that doesn't mean I'm gonna be like no you can't pay for everything if they make a significant amount more but like god forbid something happens I don't want to be like out on my ass if all of a sudden we get a divorce or you know something else happened and yeah I learned that from my childhood I think I learned like in that sense like I feel like when I was in high school and I was a freshman and I had my first boyfriend, I was like, oh, like, he's the one I'm going to marry. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> and, like, obviously you go through your own experiences, but also looking at my parents and how they tried, like, 20 times. And it just, like, it wasn't meant to be. That it taught me, like, nothing is certain. You may think, like, you're in love, and you're going to get married, and you're going to have babies, and everything's going to be rainbow and sunshines, but, like, shit happens, and people make mistakes, and things end. You know, there's the possibility that you could end up forever, but unfortunately, with our statistics, it's it's highly unlikely. So, I think it's, like, love is great, and I love love, and... I think taking that leap of faith with another person is amazing and I'm going to do that one day but I think you also should have like in the back of your mind just keep that idea that you need to have a backup plan like you shouldn't be relying like whether you're getting married or you're not you shouldn't be relying on another person for everything they can help make your life easier yes but they, they shouldn't be, like, your sole source of, like, financial stability, emotional stability. Um, I remember you saying, don't look for someone to, like, complete you. Look for someone to compliment you. Right. That always stuck out to me. Like, even now, like, I'm fine saying I'm in a relationship where my boyfriend makes, like, three times <laughs> what I do. <laughs> and that's great because and everyone's like you go girl like good for you and like good for you you found an engineer and I'm like it's not it's, why I choose <laughs> <laughs> honestly I 
like from even like watching my parents I learned that I wanted someone and my own experiences of course that I wanted someone with ambition and he had a lot of ambition and like a really strong work ethic and I think the person you're with should motivate you to be the best version of yourself I think I motivate Richard I don't think I know (laughs) I motivate Richard to be a better person and to work on himself and to be kinder and more generous and nicer and he motivates me to have like a stronger work ethic and to never settle for anything whether it's a relationship whether it's family whether it's um you know your job your career and like he taught me kind of like to always go for your dreams and not to be like oh this is fine I just want to make money and I'm making money so it's fine he's like that's not sustainable he happened to find a job that he loves and makes money. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he always teaches me to, like, be better every day, and I teach that to him, too. I think it just in, like, different ways. Yeah. Not, like, this doesn't really sidetrack. It's just another thing that I'm even envious, like, for you. So, while I do have half-brothers and sisters and a step, I was my mother's only child. And growing up, you know, I didn't have any siblings in the house with me. I consider my half-siblings like my siblings, but they're like 10 years older than me. Um, And that was kind of lonely growing up, to be honest. And looking at someone like you with older sisters, you kind of like had to get a backbone. You had like role models sometimes um, (laughs) with family members. And so... Moving forward, I definitely want to have multiple children. It got lonely. I would never have one child. And I think, like, I think because you had stepsisters, you don't really have that, like, only child syndrome. Right. Where most people that are only children, like, feel very entitled Mm -hmm. because they never had to share. Right. They never had to, like, take care of another person. It was always just, like, everything was about them. And... Um, I just think sometimes only children don't end up to be the best of people. So that's why when, like, my sister just has one kid, I'm like, you have to have another kid or she's going to yeah. be a bitch. <laughs> When's the second coming? <laughs> um, I think, like, I'll just go through my, like, parents' history. Like, long story short, <laughs> go down the timeline a little bit. Um, so my dad just, he's just a person that, can't have one woman I'll just put it that way he he's not the monogamous type and he probably had his first affair he's also a compulsive liar so he's very convincing <laughs> side note he's a <laughs> compulsive liar and like we'll just he's the type of person that like when you accuse him of something that like you know he did he'll make you think you're crazy and then you actually think you're crazy so then you're like am I crazy am I making this up um anyways back on track um my dad had his first affair when I was like eight years old I think um I wasn't really involved and like didn't really know what was happening um both of my sisters knew and when my dad went to like talk to them because they like hated him and I couldn't understand why they wouldn't let me in the room and so, like, I remember sitting out on the stairs, like, listening. I used through. to do that when I was younger, too. 
through the door. Um, Devin was just always like, Devin was just an angry kid, always yelling. Um, so you could hear. And, and Devin also like took on the role of also being the older sister and um, trying to like protect my mom. And I think that was hard. Like, I didn't really know what he was doing until like later on. Um, so he had his first affair when I was eight. Um, I think probably like little things since then. And then he had almost like a two year long affair with a 22 year old. He was like 45 at the time, I think. And she was 22 working for my parents at the gym. My mom was also working there. She knew her? Yeah. She would come and like watch me while they like had to go and like meetings and stuff. So she would come to like my mom's office and watch me while I played with my Barbie dolls. <laughs> um, okay. I think I was probably, I, I don't think I was in high school. No, I wasn't in high school yet. I might've been like eighth grade or like a freshman in high school. I don't remember. It's like so long ago. Um, but yeah, that happened for two years. Um, when that happened, the same day my mom found out, she also found out that she was diagnosed with oral cancer. And so just looking back, I'm like, respect the hell out of my mom, for sure. Um, when I was, I don't even remember how fucking old I was. But anyways, when it was happening, um, Brooke and Devin was in college. Devin like just went off to college, I think. And yeah, it's probably about that time. And Brooke was partying away in high school. And I was basically left there to take care of my mom. Um, when it happened, my mom kicked my dad out. Um, and during, like even before then, my dad was also on steroids. So he had a major anger problem. I want to say that steroids do not make you a violent and angry person. They just amplify the bad parts of you. So that's what happened with my dad. He's like already an angry and violent person and just made it 10 times worse. Um, he threatened to burn the house down with my mom inside. When my mom threatened to leave him, he stepped on her throat and said, I will separate your head from your body if like you do anything or whatever. Um, there was like a bunch of things like that. And after he stepped on her throat, I don't know if this was before or after the affair. It might've been like he had the affair and then she like let him back home and was willing to like work on their marriage. And then she tried to, he tried to do something again. I don't even know. It might've been all at the same time. And my mom took me to the courthouse right after. Cause like I was just in her office. So she had to take me and um, to the courthouse and she filed a restraining order and she was telling me all the things she was writing down that he's done. And I think that was like a really traumatizing thing. And cause I always looked at my dad, like my hero and me and my dad had such a great and close relationship. And then I find out he was doing like all these things. And when my mom first kicked him out after the affair, she would like make me sleep with her every night because she was scared that he was going to hire someone to come kill her. So I was having to, like, sleep in the bed with my mom. And she would, like, cry in the closet and not talk to anyone. It was just, like, a really bad time. Which, I get it. 
that's like a terrible thing. You have cancer and you're also like dealing with this affair that was going on right under your nose for so long. Um, so like, I think when I found out about all the things my dad was doing, it made me like question just like men in general because like, and also like myself, like I saw him as this great person, but he was also like doing all these really fucked up shit. Um, so I was like questioning my own ability to like see people for who they really are and judge. Um, and I think it also like really ignited trust issues for me. Like that was like the beginning of my trust issues. Um, what else? So that was happening. Um, he, my mom had a restraining order against him. He would still send her emails and she would have to drop me off at Blockbuster and I would have to like wait till she was 500 feet away and then my dad would come pick me up and I was a very angry kid at him and she, not she, but I wouldn't even speak to my dad. I would have to go and like, it was literally court mandated time that I would have to spend with him because I was like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to be around him. And the court, it was basically like, joint custody because I was the only one that was like a minor at the time so it was court mandated and I would have to go and like spend time with him so he would get like his allowed time and I wouldn't speak to him and he would be like I was in such a dark place (laughs) and I was like I remember him telling me that one time and like because he wanted to talk to me and Devin and I wanted nothing to do with him and Devin made me go in there to his office And he was like, basically, it just sounded to me like a bunch of excuses. Like, you're just saying, like, you're basically making excuses for your fucked up behavior. You weren't just lying. And everyone in my family was like, he did this to your mom, not to you. Which I can see kind of both sides of it where, he, yeah, he did that to my mom and not to me. But you're coming home and lying to your family every day. And you can still look at yourself in the mirror and think you're a good person. And then make my mom think she's crazy when she suspects something's going on. And it's just, like, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. Like, you're a bad person. Like, why would I like you? Right. <laughs> why would I like... Kid. Yeah. And so that was happening. Um, we dealt with that. My mom did, like, they caught the cancer early. So she was fine after a while. Um... My mom did end up taking him back. I remember when she took him back and I told him that he was not allowed back in the house. And I don't care what she said. And because she never, like, I was an angry kid and I was strong. And he, uh, like, started to send me to boarding school if I didn't let him in the house. Or if I didn't, like, if I, if I kept talking back. And so I couldn't talk back anymore and I just had to pretend, you know, everything was fine. And then like after a while, you just, you just have to accept it for like it is what it is. Um, We ended up moving out of that house and we moved into like a little condo on the beach. You know, he ended up doing things again. He ended up cheating again. It was just over and over um, towards like that. And then I got into my first relationship and he had an affair with a girl on my volleyball team because I was like I was 14 I was I didn't want to have sex yet and he went and got it somewhere else with one of like the older girls on my volleyball team and just like kind of reignited also that trust issues and 
yeah, I think like that's pretty much it. My parents did end up like finally getting divorced. It took forever. Um, and that's when I kind of had issues with my mom because when they got divorced, she was so tired of like being cheated on that she wanted to be the one to go have fun. And I understand, but you still have a, a minor yeah. <laughs> in the house. Yeah. Um, so you don't do that. Like what she was doing was um, she went on like Match.com and eHarmony and I was totally like supportive of making her those dating profiles. She wanted my help with it and I was like, good for you. And I did it, but she would have the guys come pick her up while my dad was still living there. And it's, I feel like if you're in a relationship, it's fine. Fuck you. I hate you. I'm going to go on the state. But when you have children, you don't want to do that. And that kind of taught me, like, you know, if this were to ever happen to me or something similar, like, I would never bring my children involved. And I think what, if I'm looking back, what my mom did, like, what I would not do was just involve me in everything. Tell me everything he was doing um, you know, wanting me to hate my dad and my dad wanting me to hate my mom. He didn't do it as much as she did. Like she did it more and I get it. Like she wanted someone on her side, but you also have to keep in mind that that child, your child, that's also like her or his father. Right. So you have to like kind of respect that image. Like I've talked about this with Richard before and what his mom, his mom never did that. His birth dad had, like, a big gambling problem and was just, like, not a good person. And his mom, like, always wanted them to, like, hang out with, like, their dad and never said anything negative about him. And just, like, she wanted to respect that their image of their father because it didn't really have anything to do with them. Um, And that's something that, like, I guess I wish my mom did and that's something that I would do because... It's just like you don't need to involve your children. You don't need your children to their, to hate their father. It's just not necessary. No. It's about you and it sucks what happened and you should deal with that like on your own, but you shouldn't like tell your children that you think their father is going to hire someone to come kill you. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you shouldn't even if you do think that, you should never do that. And it also makes me very thankful because Like, after my parents got divorced, finally, I did have, like, two separate kind of relationships with them. I had issues with both of them that I kind of had to deal with on my own. Um, With my dad, it was, like, you know, when I lived alone with him after they were divorced and I was in college and I would come stay with him, he would have girlfriends and cheat on them. And you know, have me, like, basically lie, like, oh, you can't tell her that I was out last night, and it was just, like, putting me in the middle that I was not okay with, like, involving me again, (laughs) like, I don't need to be involved, don't involve me, this is not my thing, and, like, if you don't want to be, you know, tied down, then don't have a girlfriend, or just be straight up, be like, listen, I'm not the single girl type, never will be, Yeah, if you want to hook up with me when you're drunk or whatever, go for it. But 
Like, I am not the relationship kind of guy, and you'll never get that from me. Yeah. I respect that. That's what's fair. (laughs) While I might not be the type of girl that could be with someone like that, I would respect the hell out of that. It's honesty, and you never get that these days. So, it's just, it's really frustrating. That was frustrating for me, and then I would have to move out of my dad's, and I'm moving with my mom, and then she would be hoeing it up, and it was just like, she'd be hoeing it up. And I get it, like, she she married my dad when she was 19. My dad just turned 21 when they got married, So they, and they were married for 28 years. It's a long frickin' time to get married. And you missed out on all, the, all these, like, all these fun experiences. So I get it. Like, you want to have fun. You want to, like, be young. But you're not. I know. <laughs> and when you have, like, kids in the house, like... Oh, I remember one time I hated my mom because my mom dated this guy named Steve. Brooke and I did did not like him. But Brooke was nice. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. If he would say hi to me, I wouldn't say hi back. I was just that person. Everyone knew I was that person. So I still am my stepmom? (laughs) Like, I didn't care. And she never said anything to me. And then he did something. And then when Brooke, like, talked to my mom about it, my mom said, then... If you don't like him, then you can get the fuck out of my house. And I and Brooke ran away crying. Brooke's like very very gentle, sensitive, and I was not. <laughs> and I went after her, and I was and I was right there. Devin didn't say anything. She, you're the oldest sister. You don't yeah. stand up stand up for your fucking sisters. I don't care. Yeah. And I went to my mom and I said, I said, how dare you talk to your own child like that? Like you're disgusting. And I said that word for word, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And she said, then you can get the fuck out, too. And I said, gladly. And Brooke, and I'm like, let's go. Back your bags. Um, and then Brooke left to Barcelona the next day for, like, a couple months. So I was like, I can't let you do that, like, the day before your child goes to a different country. Or, like, you don't yeah, know like, what could happen. is getting the fuck out. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And, like, what if something were to happen? That was yeah. the last thing you said to her. Like, that's how I now approach things. Because of that, not that anything happened to Brooke, but I just think of it like that. Like, the way I treat people now, it's like, what I want, even though I'm angry in the heat of the moment, would I want these words to be the last thing I ever said to that person. So when... Obviously, you say things you don't mean all the time. Like, you fight, you get angry, things happen. I make sure, like, you know, I sit with it for a little bit, you know, maybe, like, an hour at most, and then I apologize. Like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, let's talk about the issue. That's what I do with Richard. That's what I do with, like, any friends that I argue with. Um, I don't I don't think I've ever argued like that with a friend, but that's kind of what I do. Um, so, yeah, a bunch of, like, different things I learned just, like, what not to do, like, don't involve your children, um, just, and also, like, if people always say, I saved for the kids, no, (laughs) honestly, sometimes, that's, It's it's worse, because your kids, kids are very intuitive, they know when things are weird, even if you don't talk about it in front of your children, and you're just, like, causing them trauma, by, like, dealing with these issues, and they're forced to take a side, and it's just, it's bad, 
it's just a bad issue. And if there's an issue, you go to couples therapy, you try and solve it. If it can't be solved, go your separate ways. If you literally feel like there's nothing you can do to solve this issue, I, Brooke, she's the type of person that can forgive cheating and she can move on and forget it happened. I am not the type of person. So I think the key in everything is knowing who you are. Like for me, I know I can never forgive cheating. So I told Richard very early on, if there's cheating, I'm out immediately. Because if I forgive you, I will literally go crazy. I won't trust you if you say you're going out with your friends. I won't trust you if you do this. I'll be checking your phone. I'll be going through phone records just like my mom was. Like it would literally drive me insane because I would think like I wouldn't trust anything you said ever again. So like I know myself and I know that's how I'd react. So why would I even try and forgive the cheating if I know I could never move past it? You know, so I think just knowing yourself and knowing how you would react in certain situations is key to like knowing what you can and cannot put up with. Um, I think it's different for everyone. And I think because of my experience as a kid, I know that I would react that way. Yeah. You know, how we started this podcast was like different experiences, same feelings. And I'm sure a lot of people who like went through or parents went through divorce when they were younger. It's a very impressionable age. Um, So I was exactly um, similar to you, like eighth grade. Um, when my, or not eighth grade, eight years old, um, and my parents were getting a divorce. And before that, you know, as hard as that was for me, um, when I was younger and my parents were fighting so bad, I like made this little hand drawn sign and came downstairs and it said, please stop fighting. Oh my god. Like as a young child, I know that like sometimes brings me to tears. I'm like, oh my god. Um, so in their case they did the um right thing and they divorced. There was also infidelity going on. Um my mom asked me to go through my dad's phone and see who he was texting and who he was calling. Um and again, that's just like I'm not your friend, I'm not your therapist. I'm your child. Yeah. And you shouldn't involve a child my, in that. My dad literally had, pe- like, girls that he was texting in his phone as, like, his friends. He changed their names. Like, that's how crazy he was. Yeah. That's, like, a commitment. Um, <laughs> so, it's that whole making children almost choose sides. Like, you're either with me or you're not. And just, like, your mom, it was... My mom kind of being like, well, he did this to me. Are you still going to choose him now? Um, my dad made my mom sign a piece of paper after they got divorced saying that she wouldn't talk about what he had done, a.k.a. the affair. Probably the ink wasn't even dry, and she was like, listen to what your father did to me. Um, it's just where I was too young. And then, um, so something that really impacted me and that I swear to God, I hope I never do, well, besides cheating and divorce, I like hope I don't ever have to go through that. Um, I was away on vacation with my mom. They weren't like, they were divorced for maybe like a few years. Um, and my dad had introduced me. We got, I will never forget. We went to friendlies and he was like, oh, this is my friend. Um, this is while they were still married and, um, 
you know, we went there. She had two younger daughters. I didn't think anything about it. I was young. Um, and then they got a divorce and maybe like a year later I was on vacation. Um, and when I got back, this woman, Jerry, the moving truck was in the driveway and she was moving into my dad's house. So like, that's how I pieced together that they had an affair because I had met them. I didn't think anything about it. Um, and I felt as though my feelings didn't matter. Not that I would ever be like, choose her or me. I mean, maybe I would. Um, But at the same time, you need to respect a child's feelings. Like, you grow up with these two parents and seeing your one parent with another person is difficult. um, Because that's not your mom. And on top of that, I already had a resentment. Like, Like, you know you're the one that messed up the relationship and you hurt mom. Um, And I felt like a loyalty to my mom as a woman, as an only child of hers, um, seeing her so upset, just like you, crying in the bedroom at night and being able to hear it, um, talking shit. Um, And infidelity was a big one for me, I swear, for like up until... I really met Eric. Part of me was not really sure I ever wanted to get married just because I never want to go through that. But, you know, when I met Eric, I realized that, like, this is someone I want to share a bond, like an eternal bond with um, and get married to. But at the same time, I don't want to be naive to the fact that, you know, Divorce happens, infidelity happens, and just like you, I set those lines right away because I would go insane. I would probably bring it up every day. I would drive myself. We fight. Oh, well, you cheated on me, and it's kind of like, well, end of discussion. (laughs) Yeah, and my mom did that same thing. Like anytime they had arguments, like she would just like, well, why didn't she go back to Mia? That was the girl's name. Mia. And I would react the same way, like just to be petty. Yeah. Um. So I used to do it to get money. How fucked up is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. But the thing I think that still scares me is that my mom to this day says, when I met your father when we first got married, like he didn't care about status. He didn't care about money. He was an amazing man with really good values and morals and moving to South Florida where everything is about status really just like ruined him from the inside and like took every good part of his personality and replaced it with bad things um and I think that's a big reason of why I was very firm with Richard of like I won't raise kids here yeah and I won't have a family here um I was very firm about that. There is literally no leeway whatsoever. Um, there's no negotiations. And sometimes you have those things where, and I have that thing where, yes, it like was a part of my dad, but I also see it um, on a day-to-day basis down here where everything is about how you look, um, what kind of car you drive, how much money you make. Um, my sister, my older sister has the same aspects that my dad does about just like money and status is everything and that's the only thing that matters and I just don't share those same values that's um like why I'm very 
very firm on not living here once yeah. we get married. We will literally get married because all our friends and family are here and peace out. Bye. <laughs> peace out. Um, I think one of like the biggest things I learned, um, I would like say it started from seeing my parents and then it escalated when I was in a really bad relationship. Um, seeing how like hearing not seeing but hearing all the stories about how abusive my dad was um he will deny it to this day that he ever laid a hand on my mom um and we just like whatever dad doesn't want to accept that he did that (laughs) doesn't want to take responsibility and I don't think I think a lot of us like did he do it did he not do it it's kind of like he said she said right um Drives you crazy. And I got into a relationship and it became like very physically abusive. I lived in fear almost every day. Um, If we would fight and I would like, he lived with me. And when I would like tell him that I wanted to break up and I wanted him to get out of my apartment, he would tell me that like he knows people and he will hurt my family and he knew like Brooke and my mom were like my weak spots and was able to like threat because I was at the point where I didn't care about myself or like my life I was like you can kill me I don't fucking care just like get away from me and when he would use like my mom or Brooke then I would kind of be like okay that's what abusers do and he also like had a way of what they call like kind of like gaslighting um where he would slowly remove every person from your life so you literally had nobody and he was the only person you had so that's how um, physical abusers are in relationships um that's what they do to make sure they are like your savior at all times and like you would have nothing and you would have no one if it wasn't for them um so when I went through that and Luckily, I gained the strength to leave and remove myself from that relationship. Um, I really had more of a respect for my mom, and it really improved our relationship because you say, like, oh, you can just leave. You know, she just stayed too long. You can say all these things, but if you're not in that person's shoes, um, you really can't say shit. So I think I really experienced something very similar, obviously not completely similar because I didn't have kids um but something very similar where I did live in fear um where I could kind of relate to my mom in a way and have respect for her have empathy was really big um I didn't really have empathy for her I was just like you made shit up you whined right and I really developed like a lot of empathy for her in that situation and we connected on that And it also made me realize that, like, a lot of my issues that I felt like at the time were about my ex-boyfriend were really about my dad because they were extremely similar. Like, very funny and lighthearted and charming. And then when it gets a little deeper, they're actually really... I don't want to say my dad's a terrible person, but... They're sick. Just, like, there's something going on mentally. I think it's, like, a mental disease. Yeah. Where just, like, I think it's really, like, comes down to people are weak. And the men that do that, they are weak. And they have to show their superiority and their power over women. And physical violence is that way to do that. And, yeah. 
that's really what I think it comes down to. And I think that's like my father. I unfortunately, I wish he wasn't like that. I really do. I'm jealous of the girls that I want to marry someone that's just like my father. Like, personality-wise, like, they really, like, respect their father and have a great relationship, like, no trauma, like, I love my dad, I envy those girls. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to find someone that ain't like my opposite (laughs) of my father. I think also, you know, my final lesson that I've learned that I think it more applies to me than, like, a significant other's just like what we've talked about in the other podcasts, that work-life balance. Um, My dad grew up extremely poor and, you know, wanted to make sure that his family was financially stable. And I can respect that. And I lived a really good life because he worked so hard. I know your parents did too. Um, But he was absent a lot. Like, couldn't make sports games was gone in the morning before I woke up, came home after I went to bed. Um, And at the time, I I couldn't acknowledge that he did that for the family. But when I was in college, we were at dinner, had a few drinks, and I was like, did you choose work over your family? And he looked right at me and said yes. Um, So I talk about honest. I was like, maybe you could have sugarcoated that one a little bit. But... You know, I learned what I want. Do I want to be financially stable? Sure. Will I, you know, spend until 10 p.m. at the office? Absolutely not. I want to have a sit-down dinner with my kids. And if that means I make less money, then that means I make less money. Um, So, you know, I don't want to be an absent parent. I could understand. Like, I do understand how that could happen because there's so much pressure to make money more 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 it's like the american way everything is isn't enough and you need it instantly um but you know i settle for doing okay as long as my bills are paid you know we're comfortable i don't need to be a millionaire right that's how i am too where so like how i grew up both of my parents worked together and worked in the same business and they did really well and I grew up with nannies and but my parents did my mom 100% my dad maybe not so 100% probably like 80 90% most of my sports games and award ceremonies like whatever um however like it was more of they just like my dad was always making these business deals and buying these Ferraris and I feel like looking back as he was doing that, I didn't really find that appealing in any way. And he was just like, I need more. I need to have the nicest car. I need to have another 10 grand a month. You know? People change when that happens. Yeah, and I feel like it really just took away his like good personality. And it turned him to like a bad person. And that's how like I am with Richard. Like Richard even says, like when we have kids, I want to be there. You know, like see our kids grow up so he would take like you know more of like a desk job at his company rather than like being in the field like he is right now um which is nice to know (laughs) yeah you don't want to get to the point and then find out that they're not willing to do that (laughs) yeah and even like I've had like a recent revelation where 
I thought like I was going into criminal justice I'm gonna like work a ton and like be like a kick-ass field agent or whatever and I was like yeah I'm gonna be a mom so I can't really do that and you kind of have to like face the reality of I'd be like risking my life every day and that would probably hurt my children so you have to also like take that into account when deciding like what career path to take if like you're in that scenario um and I chose that like I wanted to do like social work where I still could like be around with my kids but also like help other people and do a lot of good in that sense and not have to like you know carry a gun it's just that terrifies me a little bit yeah (laughs) and I think it like dealing with that would just talk with my head um so like just the same thing like knowing myself as a person um I think, yeah, I agree with, like, everything you said about, like, money-making. My mom was also, like, she was an accounting, I think she got her master's in accounting. And, yeah. yeah, Could not do that. Very smart. (laughs) And my dad did, like, never paid a bill until they got divorced. And my mom did everything, so, in terms of, like, money. So, it's really necessary to not rely on anyone for anything. Like, if... I do the laundry for us, that's fine, but Richard should still know how to do his laundry if I weren't here. He shouldn't be, like, incapable of cooking or cleaning or paying things. I love that. Like, he should be able to handle on his own. You can do it for your significant other. doesn't mean, like, oh, we shouldn't rely on each other. I'm not going to do that for you. Right. You can cook for yourself. Like, <laughs> no. Different dinners every night. <laughs> Like, no, you can still do that, but I'm just saying you should be able to do it on your own if it comes down to that you have to. Yeah. So that's, like, my main tidbit. Um, I, I didn't mean for this to be, like, kind of a downer. I don't think they were on- – we were honest. We were honest, yeah. I think also, like, it's also important to me when I look back on my childhood, yeah, I had, like – trauma with my parents marriage but I also had trauma with my siblings and that's also like I'm not gonna really talk about that because I think I've talked about it before like I've, I've had like a really poor relationship with my sister and it resulted in like um you know body image issues and just like mental issues that I've had um so that's also like something to keep in mind like whenever you're thinking about your trauma it shouldn't just go back to your parents right like and you kind of Kat and I don't blame our issues on our parents. Like, yeah, some stuff they did was fucked up, and we had to deal with it, and it sucked, but we're adults. You move on, you deal with your shit, and you grow up. Learn from it. Yeah. It's the best you can do. Like, no matter what mistake anyone else has made in your life, whatever you've made in your life, like, if you learn from it, it's fine. It really doesn't matter in my opinion. I agree. So, just, like, you know, take it with a grain of salt and, yeah, think about whatever, like, if you're thinking about something that you went through and you're uncomfortable with, like, facing it, then maybe, like, think about it some more, reflect on it, and think about, like, how it's affected you into your adulthood and see how, like, you can move forward and move on and make peace with what happened I still think letters are the best, but. (laughs) All right, fam, that's it for this week. 
If you made it this far, you're a real one. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review to let us know how we did. DM us any questions or stories you have and have an amazing week, guys.